Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily for Sunday, February 27th. As the losing streak has come to an end, ends at six games, Flyers get a 2-1 win over the Washington Capitals. A well-earned 2-1 win, an opportunistic 2-1 win. Flyers just 22 shots on goal, 28 shots on goal for the Caps, and Carter Hart's return gives up one goal on 28 shots, 27 saves, several of the spectacular fashion, including a really nice save in the second period. Kind of got a stick knocked out of, his, out of his hand at the side of the net, but is able to push across from his right, his blocker side to his left, and keep that glove up and eventually is able to glove the puck and mute the opportunity. Only goal of the game for Washington comes in the second period at 6.53 on the power play when TJ Oshie picked up his sixth of the season. You know, we talked about in yesterday's episode about Washington and the fact that their power play is in the bottom you know, six, seven teams in the NHL, 28th coming in, or 26th rather, coming in to the game in the NHL. And, you know, has there ever been a period where Alexander Ovechkin's team has been ranked below probably even 20th in the NHL on the power play? He doesn't end up with a point in this game. And in all honesty, I'm not sure if it's because of what's going on with the Russia-Ukraine crisis. Ovechkin has not looked himself of late. And he looked very, almost, dare I say, disinterested in the game. Was not really a factor for any stretches of period of time in the Flyers' win over the Capitals. Matter of fact, when the Flyers opened the four-game homestand against the Caps, he also was held pointless in that game. And he doesn't get a point on the power play goal that the Caps score in that second period to make the game 2-1. to one. Backstrom and Kuznetsov picked up the assist, and Ovechkin really a non-factor and you know, there was a period of time in the second period where I'm watching the game and I'm going, is he even getting the regular shift? Because usually every time he's on the ice, he's so omnipresent because of the way he plays from a physical standpoint, the way he is just so dangerous with and without the puck. But that wasn't the case in the game yesterday. And the Flyers did a good job really matching them physically. One of the things about the Caps with Tom Wilson present out there, that big body who will fly around and hit everything, you have to match them physically, and the Flyers absolutely did that. Zach McEwen had the fight with uh, Tom Wilson in the second period, picked up the extra uh, roughing minor on that one, and the Flyers defied something in this game that has been a big problem for them this season. Now, they scored just 11 seconds into the game when Claude Giroux picks up uh, the first goal of the game, his 17th of the season, gives the Flyers the one nothing lead, assisted by Joel Farabee and Cam Atkinson. Welcome back to Joel Farabee, by the way. And right after that, about 30 seconds into the game, Flyers go on the penalty kill. So you're going, oh, no, here we go again. Despite the fact that Washington's power play has not been great this season, a lot of that's because Oshie was out, because Backstrom was out. They didn't have that full complement of Kuznetsov, Oshie, Backstrom, Ovechkin, John Carlson. All of those guys are back now. So it's a different power play maybe than the one coming in that was ranked 26th in the NHL. But the Flyers score that goal, and you're going, okay, and they immediately go to the PK. But they kill it off. That's something that has been an issue, obviously, giving up goals after they score a goal. Uh, this season and even last season as well, where they were second in the NHL and giving up goals. They were either tied a game, got 
within one in a game or took a one-goal lead in a game. 16 times they gave up a goal within a minute. And this is another prime opportunity for that to happen. It doesn't happen. They kill off the penalty. Then later in the period, I mentioned that Zach McEwen picked up that extra two minutes of roughing in the fight that he got in with Tom Wilson. Flyers go on the PK. After that PK, they kill it. Again, kill the power play of the Washington Capitals. And then moments later, at 1838, Cam Atkinson on a two-on-one rush that was started way back in the Flyers' defensive zone. Atkinson grabs a pass from Scott Lawton, goes in, beats Ilya Samsonov, and gives the Flyers the 2-0 lead. So they score a goal, then have to kill a penalty from the and power play for the Washington Capitals. Then they kill a penalty, and they score right after. Those are the little differences in hockey games that make the difference. It's Mike Yost talked about it a bunch. We've talked about it on the podcast a ton. Those are the key segments in a game that you need to be better at to win in this league. And the Flyers, that's been an area where they've struggled. And it's proved to be incredibly costly, which is why you see a lot of the, the losses this year and some of the losing streaks. Those things became habitual and bad habits. And bad habits, like good habits, are hard to break. And they're trying to break those habits. And they've done exactly that. And in this game, at least. It's one game, yes. But they overcame two of the thing, two spots in the game that have hurt them. And even when they give up the power play goal in the second period, they came back and got good goaltending and didn't lose their structure, didn't lose their process and the details of their game. That was there in this one. Even the first seven minutes of the second period, the Flyers really looked like they were on a power play and possessed the puck in the capital zone. They didn't have a lot of shots in the second period, but they were in the capital zone with possession of the puck. This team, over the last couple of years, Chuck Fletcher mentioned this in his press conference not long ago, they just defend too much. They're in their own D zone too much. And when you're defending, you're exerting more energy than when you're the team with the puck dictating the terms on the ice. Peter Laviolette used to always say when he was the Flyers coach, when we would talk to him, the big key for him was always dictating the play and owning the puck. The puck dictates the game. And if you have the puck more, you're dictating the terms on the ice. And I'm sure he was preaching that to his Caps team all the way through the midway point of that second period because the Flyers dictated the terms in the first period, dictated the terms in the first half of that second period. Then you got some pushback from the Caps, and they started to dictate the terms, but that's where goaltending comes in. This isn't a question of you didn't play a 60-minute game. There's ebbs and flows uh, to professional hockey at the NHL level. Washington started dictating the terms. Carter Hart had to be relied upon to make some big saves, and he did exactly that. He did his job. And when when he needed to do his job, he did his job. When the Capitals or the Flyers needed to do their job, kill off that penalty uh, after they scored the first goal 11 seconds in, and then kill off the penalty that Zach McEwen got for roughing with the fight with Tom Wilson, that they did their job. And then they got a goal on the front side, the initial goal in the game, and then a goal on the backside of the first period, which proved to be the game winner when Cam Atkinson picked up his 18th of the season. Great to see Cam Atkinson get back on the score sheet. I had a chance to talk to him after the first period. Said he's got some family in town, hasn't been scoring much lately. Scores are, by nature, goal scorers are streaky, and Cam has been streaky 
and throughout his career, that's the way goal scorers are. But the thing about Cam Atkinson that maybe makes it a little bit different is that when he's not scoring, Cam Atkinson can contribute to the game in other ways. He has to be a willing player to be able to affect the game when you're not producing offensively. He's a guy, and this is rare for a guy that's a goal scorer in the NHL, to be a guy that kills penalties at a very high level and can play really well defensively. Some goal scorers, I've used Patrick Laine as the example before, that when he's not scoring, is not willing to do those other things. So when he's not scoring, and by nature, again, because he's a goal scorer and a, and a rhythm scorer, that you go through periods of time where you're just not finding the back of the net. In those occasions, Patrick Laine, in the past, has been a net negative player because if he's not scoring, then his value to the team is greatly diminished. Cam Atkinson's value when he's not scoring, while it's not as high as it could be, it still is not a net negative because he provides those other elements of the game like penalty killing, like solid defensive play, like setting up his teammates and driving offense. It's not all about scoring when it comes to Cam Atkinson, but that's a good goal for him, a big goal for him where kind of picks it out of his feet and is able to get that puck to a stick and eventually by Ilya Samsonov, who only took two shots in the warm-up. He took, must have taken one and uh, a not-so-desirable area in the warm-up after two shots went off. We weren't even sure if he was going to play the game as Phoenix Copley, who was the backup for Washington in this game, took the rest of warm-ups. But when the game started, Samsonov uh, appeared between the, between the pipes, got the start, and you have to wonder if that lack of warm-up, only the two shots in warm-up, affected his uh, ability to be ready for that first shift of the game when Claude Giroux beat him just 11 seconds in. I'm not sure of the, you know, his process and his routine, how rigid he is with it. With some goalies having a abrupt warm-up like that that's interrupted because you took a shot off the collarbone or the shoulder or whatever uh, could have a pretty big effect. I'm not sure what his preparation and what his rigidity is like when it comes to his routine on game day. Uh, but for some goalies, that could be a pretty pronounced effect. Uh, but he did settle in and play a really good game for the Capitals, Samsonov, as did Carter Hart for the Flyers. Flyers, again, only 22 shots, but there was good pressure in there. Uh, he had to make several good saves, especially down low, kicking out pucks with the pads uh, in that first period to keep this game at 2 nothing after one period of play. And the Caps eventually cut the lead in half, but the Flyers do a good job of uh, – limiting those opportunities, and when the Caps did get good scoring opportunities, Carter Hart was there uh, to bail the team out. That's what goaltending is intended for. It all worked today. It comes away with a win. It was a well-earned win. And when Mike Yo talked about a tipping point about a week ago, a few games ago, the team playing much better from a process standpoint, and you know, eventually you need to start getting results because you keep going, yeah, the process might be better, but we're still not winning. And the game's about winning. And when a player or a coach leaves the rink, you go, okay, did we win or did we lose? If we win, we're happy. If we lose, we're not. And they kept playing better and were in games and in position to win games, but weren't coming away with wins. That tipping point becomes a, a volatile ground when that happens. But eventually, they stuck to the process. They came away with a win. They win a tight hockey game 2-1. to one against a pretty darn good Washington Capitals team. A lot of 2-1 wins this year, oddly enough. They don't have a lot of wins on the season, 
but they've won a bunch of games by a score of two to one. They beat Vancouver two to one. They beat the Washington Capitals earlier in the season two to one. They win this game two to one. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes down in Raleigh earlier this season two to one. Uh, tough games to win because there's very little margin for error. You're not scoring a lot, but you're also not giving up a lot. Um, so the Flyers will take it. Next game on this homestand, we're at the midway point now, will be start off the month of March, coming up on March 1st. That is Tuesday night against the Edmonton Oilers. Get to see Connor McDavid, get to see Leon Dreisaitl. Flyers beat them in Edmonton earlier this season, 5-3. to three. Uh, Out there, Carter Hart played in that game. Of course, he's from Sherwood Park, Alberta. And anytime he gets to face uh, the team from his hometown, I'm sure it's a thrill. Uh, I would imagine he'll get the start come Tuesday against the Oilers. Then it'll be Minnesota on Thursday, then the Chicago Blackhawks, and they'll wrap up uh, the eight-game homestand March 8th against the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, it's going to put a wrap on this edition of Flyers Daily. We'll have another brand new one for you coming up tomorrow, a Monday edition. Usually uh, that's uh, with our friend Bill Meltzer and an extended conversation, which we'll have once again for you coming up tomorrow. And also remember this week, a conversation I was able to have yesterday with Flyers Director of Analytics, Ian Anderson. That'll be coming up in a subsequent episode as well. But in the meantime, everybody, enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the win. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.